You're listening to the Sports by Fry podcast. On today's episode, JLo and I are sitting down once again to talk a bit of basketball and a bit of footy. We make our NBA team picks because, let's be honest, there probably isn't going to be much, if any, of a regular season if the NBA does get back up and running. So we made our all-NBA, all-defense and all-rookie team selections. And then after that, we dove into the top five AFL players of the 21st century. Most of our lists are pretty similar and I'm going to release a big article looking at the top 21 players of the 21st century in about a week or two, so make sure you check that out. But JLo and I dive into a couple of contentious topics, contentious picks. I mean, I think the top three or four are pretty easily recognised, but there's a lot of different top fives that I've seen out there, so I can see the argument for a couple of different players. Uh, Compare the pair episode, podcast-wise, is going to be out for the end of the week, and I'm going to squash it together with a bit of a Joe Burrow audio clip. I just dropped my Joe Burrow article. If you don't know who Joe Burrow is, make sure you hit up sportsbyfry.com and check out that article. Basically, he's a college quarterback that uh, played a college quarterback season unlike anyone before him uh, in 2019, and he'll be the first overall pick in next week's NFL draft as well. So make sure you check that one out and enjoy this episode. G'day sports fans, thanks for tuning in to another Sports by Fry podcast, sitting down on hump day again with a great man, JL. How are you doing on Wednesday? I'm great, mate. I'm on some uh, school holidays, get that teacher pay coming in. Can't uh, complain. I, no, literally, I was thinking today, I, if I ever hear another teacher complain after experiencing... Only, Which you will. <laughs> oh, I will. After experiencing only three days of school holidays, um, I never want to hear a teacher complain again. This is the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since you've had a break off work. Uh, we've been utilising our time effectively, doing a lot of stuff. Uh, it's a bit bleak outside, a bit grey and overcast in Albany. Uh, unfortunately, haven't been able to get outdoors a hell of a lot. So we've been uh, crunching some all-NBA teams, all-defence teams, a bit of all-rookie, and then, of course, uh, highly anticipated, because I don't know yours, I released my uh, best five AFL players the 21st century, but I'm sure all of the Sportsby fans want to know uh, who are your picks. Of Can course. you give us give us a little uh, teaser? Who's uh, a, maybe one player that wasn't in my five that's in yours? Well, that's there's only one difference. Oh, okay. So Don't I, tell I us. I won't that. do it. There yeah, you go. That's that's enough of a teaser. Um, yeah. Same yes. number one. Uh, should I, I? But I'll tell you who missed out. Oh yeah, go on. Makes, so yep. Pendles missed out. Okay. Yeah. So there's the teaser. Yep. Nice. Uh, let's start with basketball. Yep. I think. Uh, no one knows. It seems like the league is uh, wants to finish their season by Labor Day, but either way, the draft and everything else is going to get pushed back. We did our MVP stuff a couple of weeks ago, so I think we're probably not going to get much more of a regular season, if any regular season. So award picks won't really change. So we rattled off our MVPs. I picked Giannis, and I've sided with a couple of other different players for like Defensive Player of the Year and things like that. But I, I reckon... Our All-NBA first team, maybe with the exception of the centre, will be pretty much identical. So I'll lead off with the guards, and you roll through, uh, give me your forwards and your big man. So I put Luca and Harden as uh, the two guard spots. I don't really think there's anyone that can contend with them. Luca probably deserves to be in the top five MVP-wise, and Jimmy Harden, you could say the same thing. He had some rough shooting nights, and he and Westbrook struggled for a bit to find their mojo, but... I'm pretty sure that the majority of people pick those two in the guard spots and won't look back. 
Yeah, I, I would agree. The only thing for me is it depends on what's going to happen with the positions. So mm. are they? is the NBA going to be sort of locking people into the positions they were locked in for All-Star? Because if they are, then that's going to change how my guards look. My guards would change if that's the case. So we'll just... Yeah, uh, I guess we'll roll... I'll roll with my guards. Well, stick, stick with the traditional form. I agree. There's... The All-NBA is a weird one because there's so much up for grabs in the sake of contracts and bonuses for players, mm. and yet they still try to stick to a real rigid, you have to have two smaller players and then a centre in the middle, yeah. but the way that the NBA is developing, it's pretty much positionless basketball across the board. LeBron technically doesn't start as the point guard, but he maintains the rock for most of the offence, mm. similar with Nick Jokic, so you could argue that he's Denver's point guard, so I think... For the sake of the argument, and probably what the ballots will look like, we'll try and stick original, but like Ben Simmons is another one. Do you put him as a guard or a mm. forward? All right, well, I'll, re- I'll reel mine off. I'll reel my, my normal first team off. Yeah. What I think is going to happen. Um, sorry, I'll reel, reel off my team that if it's positional. Okay, yeah. Because um, it gets real wacky. But then I'll, I'll reel, reel off the one that I think is going to happen. So right. I, think, I think it's going to be Luca Harden, LeBron, Giannis, and Davis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Very similar. But if the positions get flicked around, I would be starting LeBron point. And yeah, I okay. think that lets Kawhi come in and to the to the forward spot and that would shift Luca to the second team. Just because Luca's missed a lot of games. That's right. that's my thing, or he's missed a chunk. Missed a handful. Yeah. So that would be what pushed him because I think the claw's been unreal. Like it's LeBron. Yeah, well, Giannis is league of his own. Mm-hmm. LeBron and Yar- um, Kawhi are kind of in the middle, so like yeah, they're, right. they're just like a, a hair between them. LeBron just gets it, but if if I could, I would pick LeBron at point guard. So if you swapped James into there and bring Kawhi, you think so? You think Kawhi is technically the sixth dude? Like he's the one who mm. should jump in? Like you wouldn't yeah. maybe put Ant Davis because if we're getting funky, if you wouldn't put Ant Davis as like another forward. And then maybe bring Jokic into the center position or Gobert or something like that? Yeah, well, I would. I would. You have to. Well, you couldn't play Davis. He doesn't start at the center. He plays like 35% of his time at the center, um, which probably isn't enough to warrant a center position. Yeah, because, well, my, for the record, my first team's exactly the same. Luca Harden, LeBron, and Giannis in the mm-hmm. two front court spots, and then Davis in the middle. But I did, when I was making my list, think the same thing. I'm like, technically, he's. Doesn't start at the centre. Plays a lot of minutes with dudes like McGee and Dwight Howard. Yep. So he isn't. He's really their four. So, mm. but again, it's there's no real positions. It's just kind of where people are in the starting lineup graphic that matters at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Is that rain. Don't I worry about it's that, isn't it? Maybe it'll barely pick it up. <laughs> it's all happening <laughs> because the alarm's gone. Yeah, fucking thing. Um. Alright, so we went through that. We could we probably need we probably don't even need to talk about LeBron and Giannis. Like they're just such locks at yeah. the forward. We've talked about the center. Like the center weirdness. Because mm. like Yeah. Yeah, we'll go into the second team. Alright, so for my second team, I obviously have Kawhi in there as well and Nick Jokic. I've kind of teased that. Uh Jason Tatum was the other bloke who got a front court spot for me. Uh I hummed and hard over a few players, and I think just before we started recording, I said to you, I feel like I'm missing someone in the front court. But Tatum, especially post All Star break, was pretty unreal. I think he was averaging close to 30 points, 
Boston looked like they were starting to click and find their mojo. And I really think that Tatum now has the chance to be a perennial all-star and a real driving force behind the Celtics um, as they push for a title. In the front court, this I thought was, again, pretty easy, but because Dame Lillard would be the only bloke you could maybe manufacture an argument for in another guard spot, unless, like you said, you're going for LeBron. And then I put Chris Paul as my uh, second starter in the uh, backcourt. Been great for the Thunder. A lot of people, myself included, were wondering just how long he was going to be there and if he was going to get traded, but uh, OKC fans are probably glad that uh, they didn't listen to me and everyone else and kept him around. How's your uh, second team shape up? Second team, again, it gets a bit funny. I've sort of written two out. I'm just going to... I'll just skip the funkiness because once you get past that first team, it really can go like... You can go in a thousand directions. (laughs) We might even, after we reel off... What our lists look like might even talk about some of the other blokes that if you do get funky, how you can go about yeah, it. Absolutely. So obviously, Jokic locked in at the center, or you know, I still think he he's a second team player. Yeah, he could. You could even make a case for that first team, like we said. But lock him in there. Uh, then I'm going to go Kawhi, like we said, and I'm going to go for uh, Chris Middleton. Okay. Uh, at the other forward, so big swing from you. I don't think. Well, actually, I guess we'll find out. We I did have a little look at mm. some of your lists before the the. Uh, the thing so yep. Chris is different there um, he's shooting 50-40-90 or 40 what is it yeah 50-40-90 yeah. um, he's unreal he plays just as well pretty much when Giannis is off um, and they've won a record amount of games yeah. sort of through this part or at least very close to it they could have pushed for that seven yeah they were rolling yep. so I'm going to go with Chris there and then it's going to be Lillard uh, like you said and then honestly I would probably put Trey Young there mm. I just think he's having such a good season I know he's on that losing team um, and I bet there'll be a ton of people who don't even have him on their teams yep. their, their top three teams but I think the scoring and assist output he's putting out the things he's doing on the court um, he's an all, like, all-star starter I think that factors in um, so yeah <clears throat> because you don't want to st- I don't think the league wants this big swing between the all-star starters and an all-NBA performer. Yeah, probably not. Um, I think, and I, which is why I think the position stuff might actually stay similar to the all-star mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. format. But um, yeah, also actually, I guess that would be different. But I, because sorry, we'll, we'll can that all over the place. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I can see the argument for Trey Young. Uh, yeah. He does get penalised a lot for his defence as well, but he's a bit of a sieve on defence. But, I mean, what, he's a year, let's say a year and three quarters into his NBA career, and there's not a lot of... Um, I listen to a lot of Vince Carter's podcasts, and he pointed out something. There's not a lot of solid, with the exception of him, probably veterans on that Atlanta team. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Dedman exactly. was the bloke that, like, halfway through the year was like, this isn't working, I want out. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are, Dwayne yeah. Dedman? You average, like, what, six and six? Yeah. So it seems like that Hawks team was lacking a lot of leadership. Lloyd Pierce is a young coach too. Mm. I think Vince said he played against him in college. So he's only in his early 40s or 50s. So I think you can penalise Trey as much as you want for being on a shit team, but he's in the top four for points and assists. I can't imagine anyone else other than Westbrook that's done that in the last 20 or 30 years. No. Probably, I don't know how far you go down towards Steve Nash and Magic, but it seems like that type of output isn't something that comes across every day. So I can totally see why he slots into the second team. I think I just gave Chris Paul a bit of a nod for probably those two things, a bit better on defense and on a bit better team, because that was a bit of the driving force behind some of my picks for the third team as well, which Trey Young did make, Mm -hmm. I'll roll into. Um, And then I started Jimmy Butler next to him. Yep. 
Also gave Bam at a bio the nod as the big man, so I re- rewarded Miami a bit for their not surprising season. I kind of expected them to be a top four team in the East, but they have been winning a lot of games and playing pretty good. Uh, the other two blokes that I squeezed into the front court was Chris Middleton, mm-hmm. and then I gave Pascal Siakam the nod as well. Banged up a little bit throughout the year, so I don't really think you can make the case for him as a second teamer, but. His leap that he took with Kawhi Leonard gone has been pretty remarkable. He could maybe make a case for back-to-back most improved player awards. But yeah, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam, and Bam Adebayo make up my third team. Yeah, very nice. Uh, bit different. I think we're probably covering all roughly all the same players. Yep. CP3 is the first bloke I put in the third team. Um, and I guess you could have made that, uh, that case for the second team. But I just thought... Especially if you look at his output um, next to Shea, Shea and mm. what else do they have? They've Dennis Schroeder. Schroeder. I just feel like, even though that they're working really well, I feel like they're they're all almost as good as one another. Yeah, I get like, you. They, do, they do complement each other. And they kind of... You look at the box score and they're like, oh, they all had 17 and 6. Exactly. Type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I get you. So that's why I think CP3 got a little bit uh, penalised there. Uh, Westbrook is going to be my third third guy. I knew I was forgetting someone. Um, I just think that that end of the year, and I reckon there'll be a little bit of... Um, what's the word? Not bias, but sort of... Uh, they'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, knowing he probably would have rolled through those last 15, yeah, 20 okay. games. And, Project and, him to finish the year the way yeah. that he was playing in February. Yeah, so I think that'll play a factor. So that, I guess that who have I missed? Butler is mm-hmm. the only one that we haven't agreed on at the guard spot. And he's a funny one because you could put him at the forward as well. Yeah, um, that's true. So then I went with uh, Pascal and Jason. Uh, Jason. Jason. Yep. Uh, Tatum. Jason both. Tatum. I, I love what Pascal did up there. I honestly think if it wasn't such a loaded front court up above him, Pascal probably should have made the second team just because yep. of what's happening in, in Toronto. Like, we thought they were going to go to crap. And there's another guy who's missed out is Lowry, and I'm sure you had him on your honourable mentions. Yep. What those guys have done up there, Nick Nurse, and they've got a good team all round, but. Um, I think those two sh- like probably deserve a lot of credit. And then rounding out the centre spot, uh, I'm going for Bam as well. Um, although I wouldn't have mi- minded putting in Gobert with that sort of weird Davis swap if we had to do the the uh, forward. Yeah, Gobert. Gobert was probably Gobert. Jeez, we're all over the Gobert and Jason Tatum. <laughs> uh, Gobert was probably the uh, bloke who I thought of first as like the sixteenth guy. The guy yeah. that I was like, ah, oh, probably should have squeezed you in, but I'm a massive Bam Adebayo fan, and that probably oh, yeah. tainted my uh, picks a little bit. But well, he just does a bit more on offense. He facilitates probably... He's, he's a almost, great passer. He's almost as close to Jokic at the center position as there is in the league. I can't think of anyone as... Not as really. He can't, to his when it com- I was going to say, when it comes to playmaking and passing, and um, it's not just his like, assist numbers, but he's actually really good. I've watched a lot of Miami basketball. Watched a lot of Miami basketball before the season was on hiatus and he was yeah like just finding dudes and then would set a pick and roll cut bait like yeah he was doing everything so active on both ends yeah. well, I think Gobert's offense really hurts him when it comes to all NBA selection for yeah. sure yeah Kyle Lowry was like you said one of my uh, blokes who probably got a bit snubbed was banged up a bit as well like mm. missed some time at the start yeah towards the beginning of the year and that's probably what propelled Pascal to be honest was he had to step up while Lowry was hurt and I think Gasol's missed most of the year so Lowry was probably someone that should deserve uh, a spot if you made a fourth team. Uh, Russell Westbrook did 
didn't make my list, obviously. I think now that I'm looking at it, you could maybe... I can't chop out Middleton or Siakam because I was going to say, if you put Butler in the forwards, you could make the case for Westbrook. But yeah. his other three or so months of the season before he started clicking post-All-Star break and rolling into form, mm. I wasn't a huge fan. But I then again, that. there's a lot of like things that they had to work out, Harden and Westbrook coexisting as... Two of the most ball dominant dudes we've ever seen. Exactly, and then Capella goes out. And they, yeah. they they obviously re- they realise they are in a un- like a precarious position. And they made the change. Um, so I think had we got the extra part of the season, Russ probably would have rolled in there. Um, I can't really argue with that, to be honest. I think the one thing, like you were saying, the forwards were actually really loaded this year. Yeah. Usually, it's like guard dominant NBA, but I, I guess some people must have been missing a little bit. You kind of penalise Brad Beal for being on like a horrendous Wizards team, um, so yeah, I think it's it's not it's it's easier to leave a lot of forwards out. The guards are almost I, I almost struggle to think of guards. Yeah, well, the only other dude you could maybe make a case for, like aside from Lowry, you could go down the Donovan Mitchell bandwagon or Brad Beal, like you said. He's he was actually second in the league. Points per game. Did, but you, did you mention Ben Simmons as well on yours? No, nah, yeah, didn't he's, uh, he's didn't give him a nod. Him. But I, I think he his offensive game didn't really take the leap that I thought it would have this year. Yeah. So I was honestly a bit disappointed in what Simmons dished out. I, I'm disappointed in what Philly dished out. Yeah. I thought they were her, just they're so I just am not a Philly. Fan. Yeah, we could dive down the rabbit. I think I picked them to make the finals back what, at the start of back the, the start of the year. Yeah, well, can't remember. Right. But yeah, we could dive down the rabbit hole and talk about them. Uh, for hours, uh, probably the only other bloke. Last one before we move on, on the defense. Is he an East man. Uh, he is. Yeah. Is he a forward? Yeah. Is he a pacer? Forward center. Yeah. 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 Demonte Sabonis. I've uh, come to uh, grow an affection for He's Big unreal. Sabonis. I haven't really, honestly, paid much attention to him before this season. So there's the other bloke, probably alongside Jokic and Bam. Oh, it's Jokic mm. way in front, and then. Bam Sabonis. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, I can dig that. Great facilitating big man. I, I really like what they both have to offer. Super young too. Agreed. To stop them though, you're going to need some defense. So probably want to be rolling out some of these blokes we're about to reel off. I'll be honest, uh, first and second team defensively aren't really the awards that I rush to fill out at the no. end of the year. So these are uh, not lackluster. That's not the right word. But I thought of these 10 blokes and was like, yep, that'll do. That looks like two good teams. So... I'm probably going to get uh, commented or someone will say uh, a very clear omission. But starting with the big man in the middle, I went with Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Again. Gobert. 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 Rudy Gobert started as my centre. And then I actually pushed Ant Davis into the forwards. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to get messy. Especially because people expect Ant to be uh, Defence Player of the Year. Or him or Giannis. And then you're like, oh, well, he's he's a centre... Uh, I don't know. It's going to get funky. Yeah, I think, and I think that actually might make it a little bit more funky. Yeah. I reckon they might be a little bit more strict than most years. Yeah, okay. So we'll see how it goes. I did have those three dudes, um, Giannis, Davis, and mm-hmm. Gobert, in the uh, front court slash big positions, and then gave the nods to two staples of the all-defense team, uh, Ben Simmons and Marcus Smart. Is Ben Simmons a staple? Nah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> nah. But uh, he, I think he was leading the league in steals, or if not, yeah, he was is. right up there no, is, yeah. um, at the time of the season concluding, slash concluding? I think it's fair to say it's concluding. Yeah, she's right. Uh, and Marcus Smart, great defender, yeah. heartbeat of the Celtics team. He's that real dude that's the glue for them and keeps them together. 
Um, and he's actually been playing pretty good offensively as well, taking yeah. a um, big step up with Kyrie gone this year. So gave him the nod for the defensive gig. How's your first team shape up? Yeah, it's actually very similar. I, both of our... Uh, did you say the second team then? No, you didn't. No. Okay. Uh, well, oh, while, you, while you're getting yours up, I'll yeah. quickly reel through mine. Pretty chalk. I had Drew Holiday. He's a staple of all defense teams. Yeah, uh, and then threw in Pat Beverly, who mm-hmm. has been up and down, but... Is arguably one of the best on-ball defenders in the league. Yep. Kawhi got another uh, berth with Robert Covington and Joel Embiid filling out the rest of the roster. Yeah, sure. The, 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 I've only got a few changes, really. Um, that first team would stay locked for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking Chris Dunn could maybe mm. get a bit of love. He's pretty high on the steals. He's a great defender. Um, it's a real glue guy up in Chicago. His minutes might hurt him. But then, actually, if you look at his defensive efficiency, probably boosts him up because he plays weird minutes next to Kobe White. And yeah, that's a whole strange dynamic going on in uh, Chicago. And mm. he did, didn't do his... Oh, no, his knee, that's right. Because I was, I was looking at him hard in fantasy, Chris oh, right. Dunn, and I was like, yep, I'm going to pounce on him, and then tweaked his knee and missed about three or four weeks before... Um, Things got shut down. So I can definitely see the case for Dunn. I'm a massive fan. Yep. Uh, so Chris Dunn, potentially. And the other one is, uh, I'd be getting Joel out of there. Mm. Mostly because he's played bloody half the games. Or like, you know, like he's missed 20 games. Um, I thought he chalked up quite a few this year. Uh, my understanding I don't know. is, I'm pretty sure he missed about 15, 20 games. Which, in my book, I just think, like, especially defense in the defensive team, you've got to be durable. That's um, up, yeah. You have to be there. Because, yeah, those, those little losses on... Uh, Tuesday night on in like Boston or out in you know I don't know Atlanta Charlotte Charlotte yeah that, that's who I was looking for I just couldn't get them uh, <laughs> Charlotte they, if you just drop one of those games it's a big big knock against you as a defender I think not showing up and it, getting hurt you can't control but that's true Joel's misses are kind of a bit different different between getting hurt and not playing <clears throat> yeah um, so I would switch him out um, and I think it's it's pretty hard like. It's harsh to not have him in the first team. Hassan Whiteside is averaging like 14 oh. rebounds and leading the league in blocks. I'd like to uh, subtract my Joel Embiid vote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hassan Whiteside. I told you I forget someone. Yeah, so uh, you could even make a case for him being the centre like because he's playing that good. Yeah, I'd put him at the centre on my uh, second team now. I was yeah. lucky I did it in pencil. For what it's worth, Joel Embiid played 44 of possible 65 games. There you go. Yeah, so he missed 21 so. games. Yeah, it's only played two-thirds when you put it that way. And I think Hence why he's probably not. He'd probably be on an All NBA team mm-hmm. at the th- as the third center or well, whatever. It depends how we're bloody doing it. But yeah. I think if he'd played all the games, he pro- he's probably beating Bam. So, but I think that should flow over into the defensive team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that I've made that uh, white side change, I actually like the looks of my uh, All Defense team. So, yeah. was there anyone? I struggle to remember if you rattled off your second team. Who was the? Were there many like huge differences? Well, the first team stayed the same. Yep. So this is just all changes to the second team. So I would potentially drop Beverly or Holiday, and I, I I'm the same as you. I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. I yeah. haven't watched all sixty games of all thirty teams. Yeah. Like, so I haven't watched what these guys actually are doing out there defensively. Like, it's tough to measure defense as well. You look at like their rebounding steal and block numbers and then efficiency and you're like, oh, that's about it. Because honestly... Sometimes you just need the eye test more than anything. Absolutely. Like as a Denver fan, I think like Torrey Craig is maybe one of the best defenders in the league, period. Like, but you you just don't see those absolute legendary lockdown players getting the the all defense recognition. recognition. So, you know, I think it's a 
Uh, it's a bit of a broken award almost. But yeah, it's strange, but right with it. yeah, can't knock history. So if they're not going to make uh, defense teams, then usually uh, all NBA is what they cover. But can't get an all NBA team unless you uh, start your career. And to start your career, you need to make an all rookie team. What a segue. Yeah, very awkward segue. Um, first team all rookie. Pretty yep. uh, locked in on Jar, Brandon Clark, and Zion. Yep. yep. Then it gets a little interesting. I had Kendrick Nunn in the other backcourt spot and then went with RJ Barrett yep. as the uh, other forward. Did look at uh, Eric Paschal from the Warriors, who I think is like third or fourth in total points scored mm. for rookies. He's had a pretty good year, but I think RJ, again, was missed a bit of time, but what he did in the limited games he did play was probably more impressive than other dudes like Pascal or PJ Washington from the Hornets. And playing in a, a bit more of a... As funny as it is to say when you can talking about Golden State and New York, uh, RJ is playing in a bit more of like a crowded... Like minutes rate or rotation yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. at his position because there are guys like Kevin Knox is missing out, like Dennis Smith Jr. is not even playing. Smith Jr. Yeah, 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 Jr. I don't know why. I there's thought another it dude I'm thinking. Oh, Alonzo Trier is he still? Yeah, there's all those, and exactly. then they they signed all those guys. There's actually not that many minutes to go around in the Knicks' weird rotation. So I, I would go RJ as well um, over who do you say Pascal? But yeah. I did. Um, here's a little segue I have Pascal in my second team um, yep. he was sitting in a sort of that rough centery forward position yep. yeah. um, then I uh, had oh who did I have I had DeAndre Hunter oh yeah um, uh, I had none in the first team oh, I just got to look at yours sorry alright well I'll reel mine yeah, through uh, gave the nod to Michael Porter Jr oh. in the other forward spot yeah. along with Pascal and uh, PJ Washington who I think he had six or seven threes in like his first game yeah, for the Hornets. Right. Yeah. And then he kind of went a bit quiet, but he's actually been producing pretty consistently yeah. for most of the year. And then in the backcourt, because mm-hmm. um, I didn't have Hunter in my squad, I had Tyler Hero and Kobe White. Who Kobe White was starting to peak towards the end of the year, and before Hero got hurt, he was just an absolute flamethrower. Yeah. So. No, um, right. no uh, Darius Garland. I know a lot of people will be surprised to find that out, but I uh, still have high hopes for... Uh, Cleveland's yeah. latest lottery pick. Uh, I'm not sure about Darius. He's well, actually, he'll be fine. He's like 20 years old or yeah. something like that. Hope but he is. my only uh, change, looking at yours now, and having heard it, mm. um, is MPJ out, Hunter in. Yeah, because right. I just think Michael Porter Jr. was averaging like seven points for the year. Like as as good as his like little bursts were, he was injured for like 10 games, and I just True. don't think I. I, I would love to put him on there as a Nugs fan, but I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to give the like body of work sort of to Hunter. So yeah, Hunter probably yeah. Hunter probably is the better pick, but yeah, if, you're right. They're both pretty uh, fantastic blokes. And at the end of the day, if you're picking the tenth rookie for like these teams, you're like ah, uh, you're arguing between the difference of nine points a game exactly. and ten and seven in yeah. a lot of cases. So. Yeah. That's it. All uh, NBA slash defense slash rookie teams done and dusted. So we slugged through that one. Yeah, that was a, was a bit of a grind. <laughs> but uh, all the NBA awards are done now, so we can uh, on future pods just look at the future and uh, focus on other uh, events. Time to talk about some footy. I a couple of weeks ago now dropped my it was pretty trending topic. Oh, I want to say mid March, like people were doing the best players of the century. I was just so bored. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, speaking of, we were just talking about the best games. KO did a big 
top 50 games the last 50 mm. years or something. And I guarantee there would have been people who watched all 50 of those. Oh, yeah. Just so bored. But uh, I did my top five players of the 21st century. In a couple of weeks, probably the back end of the school holidays, I'm going to do a big list and do the top 21 players of the 21st century. Mm. Um, but in my top five, I think... You could maybe make the case, like you said, Pendles wasn't in yours, and I could definitely hear the case for a couple of other contenders, but he's still my favourite player to watch, so I kind of sided with uh, a little bit of bias to pencil him in at number five. He is one of the greatest captains of all time. Yeah, that's true. I I think that should play into his sort of, you know, legacy. He was on track this year to play not only the most games as Collingwood skipper, but I think he was going to pass... I want to say Tony Shaw for the most games as a pie as well. So uh, yeah, I thought he was gonna something maybe move to second. He or... was gonna beat Buckley and yeah, move to like third, second or third, yeah. like right up there and within striking distance of whoever it is. Yeah, I think it's Shaw. But he's no scrub, that's for sure. Hence the reason he's uh, number five. Let's go backwards. Work from five to one. So he was my fifth uh, player. Yep. Probably robbed of a Brownlow once or twice, but played with the likes of Swanee and in the Golden Arrow and Ablett and. Who else won a couple around that year? Judd won a couple as well. So, yeah, sure. yeah missed out in that uh, in that time slot. But who else you got? One. It did too. Yep. Yeah. Mitchell Watson. It was a bit of a weird, yeah, weird time. True. Adam um, Cooney. Well, well, I know that we've got very similar ones. So why don't you roll through? We'll have a chat about them. All right. And then my fifth is the one that changes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So fifth, obviously, I have Pendles, but fourth, I penciled in Goodsey, yeah. dual Brownlow winner, dual Premiership player. Three-time Bobby Skilton medalist. Uh, I did just look at his Wikipedia page before yeah. we started, so that's the only time you're going to get all those accolades reeled off. But pretty iconic player as well, not just for all the stuff involving his um, racial slur against him and all the bits and pieces off-field, but he was like a, I think he won his first Brownlow technically as a ruckman. He was Sydney's yeah. ruckman in the early yeah, days, and then arguably one of the most versatile dudes to play in the 21st century. Pretty sure he's Sydney's uh, games records holder. Can't really argue with Goodsey. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you on Goodsey. He was in at my fourth spot as well. Um, everything you've just said, spot on. I think the thing for Goodsey that sort of separates him from a lot of the guys below him, because you know they're all just as good at yeah. footy almost. Like it's don't feel like there's these big peaks and troughs in footy as there is in like there is in basketball. True. Um, so I think Goodsey was just as good, but I think what he did off the field and what he probably continues to do off the field is pretty major. And I think the indigenous factor like really is a thing because he's the he's the indigenous oh I guess he's not. Did Sean Burgoyne just beat him for most Probably, yeah. Uh, I'd have player. to look up yeah, I would say, oh, I think he passed him late last year. I remember well, then, there being yeah. some fanfare around it. Well if he doesn't have it then um you know, he's second. He's, he's like crazy. He's played like high. 370 games something or something. Like so. so, yeah, I'm totally with you. And I do love his versatility. But at, at his best, he was just one of the most unstoppable midfielders because of his size. Like you said, he rocked. Yeah. Um, he played. He was a great forward, could switch back. Um, just a real handful. Just hard to hard to contain. Real bull. Great runner. Um, he great overhead mark. Yeah. I miss uh, watching our goods. I do. Well, I actually hated Goodsy as as a player because of West Coast fan. He sort of broke yeah. our hearts and had all those battles for all those years. So, um, but you know, from a respect level, I guess maybe that gives him a little bit more, even in my books, because he was a Sydney bloke who I didn't like, and I just have to recognise greatness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of greatness, number three on the list, another Indigenous star. I had Lance Buddy Franklin. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to probably do a piece, it might only be like an Insta tribute or something like that, on where I think Buddy will finish on the all-time goal-kicking list sure. and kind of project forward as to how many more games he's going to play and how many more snags he needs. But he's only about 50 behind, I think it's sixth on the list. I think wow. he sits seven now. So he could crack the ton if he plays for another three or four years, which isn't unlikely, but considering the fact he's only managed... Oh, I think he played about a dozen last year yeah. and then was hurt to start this year. Was it like, even a dozen? Maybe, know, yeah. But... I do wonder. But yeah, can't can't knock what he's done so far. Uh, Lance Franklin, number three. Yeah, number three for Buddy as well. Um, just the things he's done, we've probably never seen done by a guy his size. So in the same way that Natanui and we say goods and guys yeah. like that have sort of changed their positions, um, Buddy's done that. Um, and he's just, the, you know, some of the runs he's gone on, again, the indigenous factor, I don't know if that matters or not, but I think... I think it should. I think it for what it does in terms of not just, like, actual footy... What yeah, like does, cultural culturally, impact, yeah. Yeah, I think Buddy's huge. He did, had that monster Swans thing go on. So he's sort of, you know, the, the league has changed around Buddy in a lot of ways. Last yeah. bloke to kick the hundy. Um, and I, I think Buddy probably could get that, th- uh, the, th- the ton, mm. the three seasons... But I think the one thing with Buddy is he hasn't adapted his playing style. He still no, plays the same way he played when he was 22 years old and could do... Like, uh, as a, a bloke who's now moved through my 20s, <laughs> I can totally understand the massive difference. So I think that's hurt Buddy. And I think if he could just get a bit smart about his footy, yeah. we might see that ton. Because you you do wonder if we'll ever see a ton again. Well, there you go. He needs... Oh, sorry, not a ton. A hundred in a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, um... A thousand in a season? Yeah, that would be pretty tricky. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. He needs 56 to move to a thousand. That was what okay. I was... Uh, but he's two currently good, about... He's about 30 behind sixth place. Yeah. Um, and then if he kicks another 100 in the rest of his career, he'll be outright fourth. Okay. So okay. pretty huge for uh, Lance Franklin. Well, if he, well, he doesn't need... The th- he might need three buddy seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Six games here, two games there, you know. But yeah, yeah okay. He could do that in two seasons. It's possible. Very possible. He could do possible. that in one season if he played. Yeah. That's obviously going to be the trickiest part is how much more he's going to play. Uh, this bloke's not playing anymore, no. but uh, thank God he did. Chris Judd is my number two. Yep. Uh, tough to compare his careers when you look at Carlton and West Coast. Won a Brownlow with both. Yeah. Played 120 to 150 games with both. But I think he really had a bigger impact as an Eagle. Like He was a bit of a driving force. Well, they had a pretty star-studded midfield, but he was part of the driving force for those Premiership Eagles teams and the ones that were consistently right at the top of the ladder. When he was at Carlton, he didn't have as much help around him, so it was tough mm. to kind of push up and make uh, make as many waves. But they were still like they were still playing finals, and he was still performing well. So Chris Judd, number two, and I think everyone can kind of guess who number one is. But I think Juddy's way that he kind of burst like through packs and his explosiveness is something that uh, I'm trying to think of other dudes that are similar to him. There's not many that are like Judd when it came to getting possession of the rock and just bursting out of a pack and then hitting a target or kicking a snag. Mm. So, iconic footballer. Uh, I agree. and He's also my number two. Um, I think the accolades, the lack of accolades, even they got the brown lows, the lack of winning yeah. um, really hurt him. Judd's that weird guy because he literally could draw a line through the middle of his career. That I think it was pretty even, both sides, games, played-wise, but... The start of his career with West Coast, he was just like what, the most explosive player probably anyone's ever seen. Um, and I think that probably holds true to this day. And we, we get into, you know, all these NBA talks about 
you know, Jordan, why Jordan was the best. And I think Jordan was, is still considered the best because he actually was at the highest peak basketball's ever been played at. Yeah. And I think Judd represents the highest peak footy has ever been played at on an individual level. Can which is that. why I think, you know, I still think Judd should be a top five player all time, like not just 21st century. And I know he won't get it because he doesn't have the sort of like longevity and the like 10 bloody premierships that all the Hawks players have. But I think in terms of like actual who is the greatest football ever, it's him and, and Kerry and I guess you say Matthews. But I didn't watch Lee Matthews play. Yeah, right. I know Kerry could rip games apart, but I, I sti- still seriously think Judd, at the peak of his powers, was the best footy has ever been played. There's a lot of people that say a similar thing about Michael Voss oh, earlier yeah. in his career. But sure. again, like I didn't watch a lot of Vossy, I'll be honest. Like mm-hmm. I was... My basketball and footy like fan watching really kicked up when I was like in the late part of primary school. Yeah. So like, oh, what year was that? Jeez, oh, tripping me late. Like two thousand and four slash five. So right at the end of Brisbane's like premiership run. So I didn't get to watch as much peak Voss as I did peak mm. Judd, but can't really argue with that. He is like I said, one of the most iconic footballers the game's ever seen. Yeah. But this bloke, I think, uh, big call. I think he's going to go down as the greatest player ever. And that is Gary Ablett Jr. I think... Who he won't, because there's all these... There's well, actually, timers. True. Yeah. But I think he deserves to, is what I should say. He could have stayed at Geelong and honestly maybe won another Brownlow or two, maybe another flag or two. Mm-hmm. And going to Gold Coast did like dock him... Like a lot of people dock him for that. Yeah, but he was unbelievable yeah. at the Gold Coast Suns. You kind of forget like the first couple of years. He was injured and had his woes like towards the later part of his yeah. Gold Coast career, but I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll probably rename the Best and Fairest Award after him. He, cause he's won about four of them. Yeah. Kicked shitloads of goals, yeah. like was gathering a ton of the footy. He won a Brownlow there as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, so obviously he's one of the most decorated footballers already. If he manages to play another season, because this was meant to be his last, but if there is no AFL season, then you don't really know if he'll be like, ah. Oh, I'll go one more time or if he can't be bothered. But if he does and the Cats manage to capture a flag, that could tip him over the edge as the GOAT. Well, there's no way that Cats are winning a flag. Never know. I, it could be this, a weird year, is, I guess. I think the last year, I think they're right. I did a big article that I might not have mentioned, but um, big dive into their premiership window and how, like I looked at how Sydney and Hawthorne had kind of fallen off a bit since their dominant runs, but and I think Geelong's poised to have a similar dip, but they're one or two years, and then they're going to start tumbling in my eyes. So yeah. Gary has to capitalise. Sure. Well, I'll give you that. Uh, I, I also have Gary there. I think just the way he accumulated, accumulated the footy um, and sort of some of, those, some of those Geelong years, and you're right, spilling into that the start of that Gold Coast era, he was undoubtedly the best player in the league. For like six, seven years, it wasn't even a question. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, I think like if you if you if you write up the, the top five all time lists, he would fall out over Judd, which I know is kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I get you. Um, I feel like you're right. People really like penalise him for that Gold Coast era. Yeah. Which is weird because you should also penalise Judd for the Carlton era, but you just don't. Well, I think it's, way. you know, Judd got traded technically back to Carlton, but Ablett like chose to leave and a lot of, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't really split it on that, but I, I, I agree. I think just the way he accumulated the, the footy, he just did, it was, he's like Ackermanus crossed with Dane Swan. Is oh yeah, it's like. okay, I like that. You know, he's as damaging as Ackermanus, but averaged, 40 touches yeah. and was like a 
great tackler, you know, plenty of like enough kicks to be damaging. Yeah. There's those guys who just tear you apart with handballs, but it's not the same as guys who go out there and get 20 kicks. Nah, you're right. It's different. So I think, um, yeah, Ablett, absolutely. I think everyone's going to rate his dad higher than him, which is just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. fair and enough. I again, didn't watch him. Yeah, same deal. I didn't get to tune into a lot of uh, Gary Ablett Senior. But, you know, I just, I, I feel like all these weird legacy factors hurt Ablett in ways that it doesn't hurt any other player. Yeah. So I think, like, for that reason, um, maybe he should be, uh, like, he maybe is the best player of all time. And I think I probably am a bit biased against him in that yeah. sense, too. So. Imagine being Nathan Ablett sitting around the dinner table with uh, dad and your brother. Nah, Poor we, bastard. We he got a flag, though, didn't he? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he did. Got on yeah. your Nathan Ablett. Uh, closing it out, you got any uh, shout outs up your sleeve? Because I definitely have one. Oh. Oh, no. I'm blindsided. Yeah, you are because uh, is this a birthday. It birthdays? is happy birthday okay. to uh, the bloke who was my uh, launching pad back in year ten for uh, the you? one good mark I've taken in my footy career. No, it's Jesse McGovern's birthday, fastest four-time All Australian in the history of the league. I'll read you off uh, some of the other numbers because I saw this. Um, what's the dude's name? Sir Swamp Things. He massive on Twitter, but he sure. tweets out all these cool AFL stats, but. Uh, Jezza only took 124 games to get four All-Oz nods. Matty Lloyd took one game longer at 125. Then the rest of the list, you got blokes like Peter Matera, Nathan Buckley, Ben Cousins, Wayne Carey, James Hurd, and Matty Pavlich. They're all dudes who took less than 150 games. So for McGovern to be at the top of that list is pretty pretty good accolade. Bloody oath. Uh, I, I do want to like... I hope he listens to this and refutes that marking claim because there's no way. You never know. Who knows? Maybe uh, you never know. Sports be gets. I heard, one day so I hope someone tweets at him and he reads it or he listens and like, or, I don't know. Someone just be like Alex Fry saying that he took a mark on you because I'm like, I would love to hear what other people who are at that game have to say. That's about the that only game. thing I remember from uh, that season. I, w- I just park. wonder if it's romanticised. Oh, point. absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to Jez McGovern. Yeah, shout out to uh, Jez McGovern. I mean, one of my... F- he's probably my favourite eagle, I'll be honest. Yeah, there you go. I mean, because he, we kind of know him. Mm. And probably my favourite player in the league. I love the way he plays, so yeah. There's no Scott Pendlebury in my eyes. Shout out, Jez. Happy birthday. <laughs> That's going to do it. Uh, we'll be back next week and uh, find something else to talk about. Hopefully. Mm. By then we have some positive news. Uh, we talk about baseball, maybe. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Once again, till next time, chippy-winny.